Hello? <gasps> what? Did it work? Oh my goodness. Amazing. Roll the intro. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to A Pair of Carrots podcast, giving an unsparing critique of One Direction. I'm Kay. And I'm M. And in today's episode, entitled Magic, we will be sharing our thoughts on where each member of One Direction would be sorted if they went to Hogwarts. But before we go on, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Interspecies Friendships. Interspecies Friendships, they make us laugh, cry, and see the goodness in the world. Thank you to all animals and plants who are friends with each other and choose to love us humans, even though we don't deserve it. So what do the Harry Potter houses have to do with One Direction? On the one hand, nothing. On the other hand, everything. Whenever Kay and I talk about the band, we find ourselves understanding each of their decisions based on our baseline understandings of their distinct personalities. It turned out the best way to sum, up, to sum them up was with the help of the sorting hat. Now, before we go on with the rankings, it seems important to discuss the elephant in the room. J.K. Rowling's anti-trans bigotry. It really is very simple to the both of us. Trans rights are human rights. Trans women are women and trans men are men and non-binary folks are non-binary. No one has the right to define someone else's identity nor to dehumanize or demonize them. Like many fans of Harry Potter, it's been difficult to navigate removing the author from the text. But when it comes down to it, Harry Potter is a book which taught us so many great lessons. Maybe through Albus Dumbledore quotes, such as, It is our choice that shows what we truly are, far from our abilities. The truth is a beautiful and terrible thing, and should therefore be treated with great caution. Perhaps those who are best suited to power are those who have never sought it. And, of course, one can never have enough socks. Okay, okay, and before you go down a Harry Potter nerd spiral, let's start. (laughs) For the benefit of transparency, I will tell you that I've been sorted as a Ravenclaw. And I am a Gryffindor. So there you go. Um, In in random order, let's go based on um, age. Let's start with Louie. Great. All right. So, Louie. Also, I'll pause. Um, so, I, even before we, co- we should go on, we should, you should know, M here is the true Harry Potter stan, and I am but a very shallow fan who read the books three times. So, I will be remaining in my lane and allowing M to lead us through this conversation Also, don't think by any means that I'm just here quiet. I just, I know my place in this conversation. <laughs> And I would wonderfully remain there. <laughs> okay, I, mean, go I just, I feel like I appreciate your knowledge as well, because I think, you know, you can get really bogged down in details. So I appreciate <laughs> you, you, you joining me in this journey um, as someone who's been way obsessed with Harry Potter for way too long. So um, yeah. Happy so, to help. So Louie, let's start with Louie. I think, I feel like we, we did some research too, in looking at all this on what other people say about Louie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like Louis has been one of those people that because he was, he got the reputation as like mischievous leader, right? That he like controlled mm-hmm. everyone and he like, you know, he was kind of the prankster of the group, right? Um, 
So I feel like people have automatically assumed he's a Slytherin for that reason. You're right. I was, um, so for example, in Bustle Magazine, they published an article where they wrote, um, Louis, Slyther- Louis the Slytherin because he's, quote, a leader, perhaps the unofficial leader of 1D. Um, and he's shifty and also because Louis might actually be the next Voldemort based solely on the fact that he seems to have this strange emotional pull with the entire band with which he can manipulate their behavior to match his current mood. Okay, I, like, there's so many things that, like, make me upset as, like, a Harry Potter fan in that, in that, in that statement, um, but, like, Louis as Voldemort is such, such an unnecessary, like, random, random association, just to start with. I know! Um, and I mean, I feel like, I feel like having an emotional pool on a band is more of him being able to direct and lead people, that doesn't mean that he is automatically a Slytherin. Um, exactly. And I think, if I may, yes. um, now that we're so far removed from it and we're really able to, like, I guess now that we're older, right, and looking at, like, what it means to have been, like, 18 to 22 ourselves, like, he wasn't manipulating them. Clearly, Louis was this, like, back, this was this backbone that all of them depended on to, like, feel okay. And I think even watching the One Direction documentary, Louis talked about having always been the big brother, and I'm sure that's what he did going into One Direction, right? And that's probably why he and Liam like, didn't get along at first because Louis was just like, no, trust me, I have your back. I'm going to take care of you. And I think that's what it is. Right, right. And I mean, I feel like some people could mistake this, this thread of conversation that Louis is a Hufflepuff. And I feel like that's like an, you know, I've never seen anyone make that argument. I just feel like <laughs> right. could. Um, and I, I mean, clearly I feel like some, so much of that leadership quality and so much of like the I have, I have your back um, feels so clear. I mean, so Louis is, I mean, a Gryffindor. There's no, no he's a Gryffindor. Um, yes. I feel like too, even I, we're going to talk Louis' solo album at some point, but I think it's really nice to see him leaning on things like Brave and some of those nice Gryffindor imagery. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think he's always been someone who um, seems to have been a leader in so many ways in the band from what we know. Like, yes, you're right. Like he was a big brother, but he also seemed um, to do a lot of the like, negotiating conversations on sound and on business things and Mm -hmm. Louis seems to be a leader in so many ways in this band which is such Mm -hmm. a Gryffindor thing for him too oh for sure and I I think in many ways we see how um in like in like saying that he's not a Voldemort like he could have been the leader who was like okay I am going to be in charge of everything I'm going to be the star of everything I'm going to it's going to be my band. But we saw Louis working behind the scenes, essentially making the rest of them look good, right? Like, look at who, like, and writing albums and writing songs to make all of them look amazing and great, you know, um, for the most part. And I think that's what, he's like a true leader in that he really just, he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it all for the group. Oh, cries. Right, right. <sighs> I, yes, Louis, so sweet, so sweet. And no argument here. Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Gryffindor, absolutely. Um, next is Zane. Okay. Now, um, go you start. With I'll that. go from here. So I will say that uh, about two months ago, I tried to publish a BuzzFeed quiz where people decided to vote on um, where each member of One Direction was. I just wanted to garner vote, like ideas of where, where people were thinking, and I was just really scared that... Um, people would get Zane wrong because of racism. And um, 
when BuzzFeed never, like, they never fully published it, right? But, like, they, I think they kind of, like, sent it out to, like, a, I think a few, few people saw it. And so I think 700 people took the quiz. And, like, before I knew it, I think two people had voted rightfully to put Zayn in Ravenclaw. And everyone else had put him in Slytherin. And I was like, you all, where did this even come from? Like, um, uh, to say, to use the big R word, I think it's, like, what is it that informs people into thinking like Zane is this mysterious, like quiet, uh, conniving, like bad person, right? Like clearly there's some kind of like negative, like just neg like negative associations and like Orientalism is totally informing that decision. Is homophobia is informing that decision? It's just wrong. If you ever, I'm sorry, I'm getting so impassioned. If you ever sort Zane into Slytherin, you are just wrong on so many levels, and you really need to go and do a lot of critical critical work on your spirit because that is informed by racism. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. And I will, I will say the only like, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. And I do feel like there are some people who anger at Zane for deciding to like value himself and leave the band is also informed by racism. Like we'll, we'll get into that at some point, but I feel like people automatically assume because he left, he's a yeah. Slytherin, which I will just say too, as yes, a hundred percent. Zane is not a Slytherin, period. Um, and I feel like there's so many bad associations with it. And I think when we when we get further down the line, I think it's also just a really misunderstanding when someone makes you mad and mm -hmm. like does something bad, they're clearly Slytherin. Um, and not that Zane did anything bad. Zane made a decision um, that like, you know, but I, yes, completely. And also, I'm like, oh, sorry, yes, I go ahead. Also, it Slytherin. just seems like being a Slytherin takes a lot of effort, which we have never seen. Not saying, not calling Zane lazy by any means, but a homeboy like knows how to conserve his energy. Like Slytherins really go above and beyond, and Zane's like, nah, son, <laughs> no. True. I, like as a fellow, <laughs> I feel very, like I feel very. Um, not to say that I don't. I don't think that me and Zane, like you know, this is not about me. But I don't feel like Zane and I like, are the same type of Ravenclaw, you know? I will, you know what I mean? But I feel like I understand Zane most as a Ravenclaw because he is that kind of, like, quiet, keeps to himself, like, does his things, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Zane has, like, so much intelligence sure. in that, right? Um, think about, like, all the ways that I feel like Zane's intelligence was somehow, you know, like, is somehow mass. But when you look at, like, gold, like old interviews of Zane, Zane was, like, when he talked... He had some absolutely. Nice you know what I mean? Were they always like the kindest? No, but they were like on. Yes, you're so so right. Um, and I think if I may share, however, um, I upon there's a Tumblr user named Amazon Poodle who I thought had a really really out of field um, sorting for Zane, which I also thought was just so adorable, but also wrong. Not like, everyone has opinions in my ass. But so this person. Um, sorted Zane into Hufflepuff. Um, and it's very sweet. So I'll read if I may. Um, because he loves to learn, but he's not driven enough for Ravenclaw. And he likes a good joke, but he's not naturally sneaky or particularly ambitious enough for Slytherin. Um, and while the hat may have considered him for Gryffindor, he asked not to be put in there because the lot looked way too disruptive and boisterous. Um, and I just thought that was so sweet. Um, and so funny. What do you think about the idea of um, Ravenclaws being ambitious? Ooh, I feel like 
I mean, I think when your slogan is wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure, um, which of course is, you know, pretty sexist on its face that we can't use a gender neutral term for man. But besides the point, um, I, I feel like there is like, there is a point of ambition to that. I would say that I wouldn't, I feel like one, like Hufflepuffs are pretty driven to hard work though. Yeah. You know, like that, I mean, that feels like, not to say that Zane isn't, I feel like that's kind of an, that is a very interesting read of Zane. I know. But Hufflepuffs are into like, Hufflepuffs are into like, working hard. I feel like people automatically assume, like in the way that like it's written in the books, is that Hufflepuffs are just kind of like the leftovers, you know? Like, oh, you didn't belong anywhere else, so you're here. But I think Hufflepuffs value like loyalty and hard work and just kind of like, you know. Um, I think. Which doesn't. Yeah. I think, if I may, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think where um, that, I think what that was really interesting is I think Ravenclaws work very much work hard, knowing you, and also work smart. Um, and I think we'll talk about it when we talk about Zane's solo career, but we've very much seen that Zane is really, like, he's not lazy by any means. He's, he has, like, been yeah. able to maintain a very steady career and releasing music every single year for the last 10 years, essentially. He just hasn't released anything this year, right? So every year he's released either, he's either releasing an album or he's releasing at least three singles, which, are do, which do very, very well. So he's, like, really, really busy. He's just chosen to do it in his own way. Like, he's not interested in, like, being the busy kind of pop star who, like, sells out, like, stadiums. He's just like, no, I'm going to write music and sing songs. That's what I like to do. But he's really hardworking. Right. Yes. I, yes, absolutely. Which is, I mean, I feel like that, like, makes a better case for Hufflepuff for me. Um, I don't think Zane's a Hufflepuff. I just think that, like, he is very hardworking. He is very ambitious. I think Zane is also just genius in what, how he how he's how he's like been able to do all this work and like figures out like he works smart I feel like more like I don't want to say he doesn't work hard but I feel like he works smart oh for sure and I think that's such a good Ravenclaw thing like even having known you Em like that's basically how you function too (laughs) like you will not have but anything right sorry we're trying to not use curse words but you like you very much like when you're given like a when you are given like a like a job or a task to do, like you will do it full out and it will be done to perfection. And then no one will have anything to say. Cause you'd be like, well, what did I do wrong? That's right. I did nothing wrong. Cause I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm not saying. Which I think like, which is so such a kind read of me, but also like, I think is, is really Zane's when you look at like Zane's repertoire in terms of like even one direction, right? Like he just comes in. I feel like Zane too, when you see him like just coming and sing high notes, he literally just feels like he shows up and he's like, all right, I'm just going to sing this note. Now I'm out, you know, um, which is just genius. genius. Like he works, he does work. You cannot, like you cannot argue about Zane's vocal ability. At all. And, and I also think what we're forgetting is like, I wonder if like Ravenclaws are like known as to be introverted. Cause I think the reason why he probably, like, he's, we know that he's talked about being very anxious. And we know that in interviews where his mystery, I think, is not really mystery. It's just being very anxious and scared of saying the wrong thing, right? So, like, in lots of interviews, you'll see Zane, like, sometimes, like, a lot, in a lot of interviews where Zane chooses to speak, he's really funny. And oftentimes, he just makes a lot of gaps and mistakes, which he gets really embarrassed about. Like, for example, in one interview, he called Miami Malabami, and that really stuck with him. 
where he just didn't talk for a few other interviews. And so I think where we see um, they not, I think we, I think in like our society, we think hard work looks a certain way, but Zane chooses to be hardworking in a way that doesn't put him in a vulnerable position to like embarrass himself, right? Because I think he's just really, the kind of scrutiny he he gets, I guess, makes him uh, far less likely to put himself out there. But I think he's very hardworking and I agree, he is a Ravenclaw. All right. Yes. Liam. Liam. Oh, wait, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I will just like to say too that like, when we just look at like book examples, Moaning Myrtle is a Ravenclaw. She's not introverted Uh either. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, I just feel like that is like a weird, you're so right. And I guess, sorry, forgive me. I think I'm trying to say like, because Zane is introverted, my bad. Um, I, um, I should, yeah, I should rephrase that because Zane is introverted, the way he works hard he works hard in in the Ravenclaw sense, looks different than what we normally think hard work looks like in like the, sorry to use a phrase, capitalistic society we live in. He just... No, no, no. I feel like you can use that phrase. Huh? You're right. You're right. You're so right. And yes, capitalistic society is like, I think the perfect one. Yeah, apologies. Thank you. you. Once again, y'all, I have not read it. I'm not even pretending I'm this Harry Potter. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, Moaning Myrtle. (laughs) No, just I you just feel I feel like it's like just a better understanding of like why we got Zane where he is and like why people are wrong. So but thank you for indulging me. Absolutely. Um, we could move on. All right. So we can move on. Our wonderful Liam. Um we I, I guess I'm still feeling very um attached to all of them since our, our last episode on the reunion. Um and sorry. Um, so Liam Payne. Uh we put Liam in Gryffindor. Yes. Yes. Um, and I have seen before, I cannot, again, quote the interview, but I have seen Liam sort himself uh-huh. into Gryffindor, too, which, which I'm, I'm really glad. I think he took a Pottermore quiz. Um, Liam is also, like, a huge Harry Potter fan himself, so I feel like Liam probably has a lot of thoughts if he's going to publicly say he's a Gryffindor, you know, so I'll give him that credit. I remember putting um, Liam in Gryffindor because he literally saved his friend from a fire, from a burning building. So I was like, hmm, I feel like that's settled. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I think, too, some of what we talked about with Louis and Liam not getting along early is the Gryffindor and Gryffindor conflict, right? Like, two people who have this idea of, like, being, like, bold and pushing a group in a direction, you know? And, like, having two really strong Gryffindors who are, like, pushing back on For it. sure. And, I mean, I think we saw that, like, in the very beginning, they both had different understandings of what they wanted, what they thought pop stardom was about. Um, and I think Louis, being the natural born leader that he is, was like, my guy, I got us. Don't worry. You can calm down. And I think um, what I love most about, like, I think what Louis taught Liam is like, I've got your back, bro. Like you, like you calming down isn't me winning. It's me literally helping you make it through these next 10 years of your life without burning out. And I think that's why they have the kind of relationship they have to this day that Louis can be like, Hey, I wrote him a song and he didn't email him back. I'm so email me back. I'm so mad at him, but they're still such good friends. Right. I know. So sweet. I also would want to say, I feel like Liam is one of those people that people have Gryffindor felt like a really easy choice to me, but people do have other opinions of Liam. You know, because I think he has, I mean, I say this in the nicest of ways, but Liam Payne is a yeah. nerd. You know, he really is. Um, 
but like I feel like that doesn't mean he's automatically a Ravenclaw no know? not like, at all <laughs> no um, um Liam I don't know who would ever put Liam in Ravenclaw I feel like I've come by a few of it but I no I don't think that would ever happen because I think Liam has been so silly all this while well, but I feel like part of that is early marketing, you know, when they were like, Liam is the smart one, you know, um, which, you know, like is, I guess I'm not saying he's not smart, but it doesn't mean he's, you can be smart and not be a Ravenclaw. For sure. Hermione Granger is the clearest example. Oh, for you know? sure. And I think with that, it's, I think we just had to wait for Liam to settle into his own being and sense of self. Um, another thing we've seen is, Someone wrote that Liam is a Hufflepuff, um, which I thought, well, I think it kind of makes sense because, like, this person was like, he's very, very sweet. Um, okay, yes, that, I guess, um, but that's, once again, not enough. And then someone else wrote about how Liam is a, on Bustle, the Bustle article, they wrote that Liam was a Slytherin. And I feel like this Bustle writer, um, I think, hey, here's the thing. I don't disagree with the points they're making about why Liam is isn't exactly like the most beautiful of characters, right? Um, but I think that just has to be, maybe Em can lead the conversation about the um, the weird notions we have about, the weird connotations we have of Slytherin, right? It's like, um, right. but whatever, I'll let you go ahead. So they wrote about Liam being a Slytherin because Liam supported Duck Dynasty's family values. Um, when one of the members of the Duck Dynasty talked about, gave um, some anti-gay comments, um, and so this person just wrote that Liam has, quote, a misguided sense of traditionalism to match. Um, and I, yeah, and obviously, like, that was a really, really awful thing for Liam to do and terrible. But I um, feel like Gryffindors can also be butt faces who are bigot, who are full of bigotry. And um, Peter Bedigrew showed us that, like, not all Gryffindors are, like, have the, the best of character at all times. But I also just don't think that, um, okay, sure, the books made it seem as though, but I feel like Slytherin is so, I feel like Slytherin, at least what fans have done with Slytherin, is like really just makes it a much more complex conversation. Well, yes, I would say too, I will say that I think if J.K. Rowling was a better writer, we would have a better idea of what Slytherins mm -hmm. are, to be honest. Um, and I'm like very glad for like a fandom that has like complicated that notion mm -hmm. of Slytherin. Because I think that there's, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with identifying with Slytherin, but I feel like it's become such a thing that, like, when people, when they're mad at someone, they're like, oh, there must be a Slytherin, yeah. you know? And I feel like, honestly, this is, like, just side note book thing. Like, when she put all the Slytherins just running away in the Battle of Hogwarts, it feels like such an unnuanced idea of, like, who is in Slytherin and, like, what they would be doing at that time. Um, and I, this is, I, yes, I feel like there are, there are complexities to everyone, and most, as we see actually in the books, most, the Sorting Cat has a conversation with most of the characters yeah. about their house. Um, and that there are plenty of people who don't match the Slytherin ideal, who aren't just like straight awful who are in yeah. Slytherin. Um, and identify with like other things that might attract you, your personality to that house. Um, so like you may sever Snape, complicated character, but like is a Slytherin, yeah, you right. know? So, so yes. before we go to our last two, spoiler alert, could you share what you think are like the definitive, like not definitive, but like, how would you define a Slytherin before we start on the next two? So I feel like Slytherins 
are people who are focused on getting what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I feel like ambition is really serious for Slytherin, Um, which doesn't mean that it's that they are evil, like I've said before, but it, or they're even like manipulative. I think it's more that they are, um, they've got kind of like the cunningness of a Ravenclaw, but also with like a lot of like resourcefulness is a big part Mm -hmm. of it, right? Like, we're going to use what we have to the best of our abilities to get where we want to go. I think very goal oriented as like the way. And like super calculated. Uh, so whereas like Gryffindor calculated. like lead, really just like lead with their heart and they're like, we must yeah. be uh, as authentic as possible, AKA self-righteous. So they just have no time for such foolishness. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all about like, you know, getting, um, yeah, and I, I feel I know there's like a whole conversation like in books about like the blood purity thing and like you know like the original intention that you like you know are the noblest of people on this like kind of like class dynamic, which I think is such an important conversation within the Harry. But Potter then Harry world. Potter defeated um, Voldemort and changed everything. So, and I mean, I just like would like to point out too that I think a lot of people don't. Harry Potter sits on that stool with the hat, and it, it he literally says not Slytherin, and the hat is like, wait, what? Um, and if he hadn't been screaming not Slytherin, Harry Potter himself very much could have been a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. Um, so not yes. I I feel like that is that is my that is my understanding of Great. Slytherin. All right. So with that said, uh, we will say that we um sorted Niall and Harry both in Slytherin, but we will begin with Niall. Um now it seems that with Niall, many people wish to put Niall in um in Hufflepuff like a lot of people wanted to put Niall in Hufflepuff because you know the calculated Slytherin that Niall is he's like I will just I think he very much was able to understand I'm just going to be this baseline person to the public and that's it no one's going to you're not going to mind my business you're not going to know anything about me but I'm just this nice bubbly person who likes to eat food and that's who I am and that's why people are like Niall is such a Hufflepuff. Um, someone also put him in Gryffindor. I didn't really understand that. <laughs> understand that. Um, but uh, uh, as M was able to find, Niall, when asked a question about which house he would be in, sorted himself in Slytherin because, quote, that's what Draco Malfoy is. Which I think, honestly, in Niall's mind is really just more of his comparison to looks. Yes, to the blonde hair. <laughs> I.e., the blonde hair. Um, but I think even as Niall has lost his blonde hair, I think he is still a Slytherin. Um, I think especially watching Niall now, because um, I think you're so right. That's what I've seen Niall. Niall is someone who is never the star of One Direction. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have just loved and accepted his place, mm-hmm. right? Niall had the time of his mm-hmm. life, you know? Like, he laughed. That was the thing Niall was known for doing, right? Like, he had this very loud, boisterous laugh, and he would just laugh at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You're right. Like, we knew nothing about Niall's personal life for five nothing. years. We barely know anything about Niall's personal life now. At all. Um, and, like, he's he's gotten away with really it, has. you know? And, like, that's... The um, Buffalo yeah. writer said that Niall is... I, y'all, I'm sorry. Yes, do I only have a few sources? Yes, but whatever. I think it was a really interesting article. <laughs> but they wrote that <laughs> Niall is, quote, 
kind, happy, and wonderful, and also, quote, adorable and perhaps the least controversial member of One Direction because Niall wanted it to be that way, y'all. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it's just pure genius. And you think about, like, how he spent his quarantine time, right? Like, Niall just put out a new album. Um, and I think it is just, I mean, it's great fan service what he's doing right now. Um, for, like, a whole, like, month, he was on Instagram Live all the, all time. the time. He was just doing concerts. He was hanging out. But, like, and that's beautiful. But Niall Horan knows exactly what he's doing. Absolutely. You know? He knows exactly what he's doing. Absolutely. Um, he spent time on Instagram Live with his fans doing what? Singing his own songs. He, like, connected with all these, like, really great musicians from, like, nostal- from a, like a, a nostalgic um, musical past to do what? Sing his own songs. Like, it, it, like, he really figured out the best of both worlds. It's really true. And I mean, he even, like, he released another song. And, like, so he's done promo with other artists for his own music. You know, like, he's just... But he's doing it in the name of, like, doing Instagram Lives and having the fan access. And I still don't feel like I know any more about Niall Horan than I did when he was in One Direction. Mm-hmm. Which is just absolutely genius one thing another reason why i put now in slytherin this isn't about his character by any means and it's not even like feeding into the demonization of slytherin i remember this i don't know if you remember em there was this prank that louie and zane did on nickelodeon where they teamed up with a nickelodeon producer who was pregnant and they made it seem as though she'd gone into labor and so they tried to scare harry lee and Manile to see what they would do harry and harry instantly was like at that woman's feet helping her breathe through it Liam was running around like a headless chicken, trying to call whoever needs to call to like, you know, to get this woman an ambulance. Meanwhile, Nile Horn, our sweet, quote, adorable, unproblematic Nile Horn was seated on that couch. Face stoic, biting his nails, literally did not move. (laughs) And then when, and then he had the audacity when Louis and Zane really revealed that it was all a prank to be like, ha ha ha, Harry, you're so embarrassing. I was like, not Niall, this woman, this woman was going into labor and you just sat there. And I think it's I mean, not even to say that he was being a bad person. I think Niall was like, literally, what can I do? I'm not a doctor. I am from Ireland. I don't know how American works. You know, you guys don't have like free healthcare. So I'm not going to make this woman go to hospital and pay for like fees she can't afford. What's the best thing for me to do? Sit here, you know, stay calm and we're good. And someone else will handle it. And like, that is, I think that to me is why Niall is like, is like, a, is a fluid. It's just, he, he like, he understands ish. Right, right. I mean, I will also say that, like, I remember that Niall Horan literally walked away. Like, he literally at one point just, like, walked somewhere. Like, he just, I don't even think he was trying to get someone. He literally just Absolutely. walked Absolutely. He's like, bye. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> Very funny. Um, and so, if you're okay with going to the last person? Yes, I think, I think we're ready. Oh. All right. I want to say, I want to say. Um, <laughs> I want to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, okay. I thought about this a whole Harry, Thousand, Harry Potter, M, go. <laughs> so, like, um, but, like, I want to say that as someone who feels like I have been harsh on Harry for the past four weeks, um, I, like, this, I, this decision is something that, like, I have thought a lot about. We've talked a lot about, and I've decided that I think Harry is not only a Slytherin, but he's also, like, um, what J.K. Rowling calls a hat stall. So it's this, like, really old term in, in, like, Harry Potter language of anyone who would take longer than five minutes to be sorted. And Harry Styles is 100% that kid that would get up and spend so long with that sorting mm-hmm. cat. So, I mean, like, this decision of him being a Slytherin is not something that I think is, like, 
easy or quick for, for me at least. Um, or for, or I mean, for the sorting hat is my, you know, if I could speak for the sorting hat. Um, oh, for sure. But. And I think also for lawsuits cases, we're by no means say that we know anything about these people beyond what they've showed us on like, you know, in like magazines and stuff. And I also think that I don't think that Harry, like when we say calculated, I don't think Niall is like not happy or, or I don't think by any means he's fake. No, I think that Harry is fake by any means. I think he genuinely, he just seems like a genuinely good person, but he's also a Slytherin. <laughs> exactly. He's a Slytherin. He is absolutely a Slytherin. Um, and so uh, I think with Harry, a lot of the times you see people putting him in, in, in Gryffindor because as the quote-unquote lead of One Direction, they're like, yeah, I think people just have these ideas of Harry and like un- understandings of his character, which I think just fit like a certain narrative that that is given to most um, straight passing white rich British men. Um, he's also put in Hufflepuff a lot because people are just like he's just so adorable and so kind. Well, kind treat people with kindness is like is his yeah. is his thing, right? Um, but I think uh, where I and I I honestly think that us like putting him in Slytherin is I think I don't know not cutting myself on the back, such a Gryffindor thing. I'm helping him. No, I think it's like, I think Harry and Niall deserve to be seen as like multidimensional characters, right? And I think that's maybe like, that's also why we sorted like Liam and, and Louis and Gryffindor is that there, there's so much more, like there's so much more to them that we, that if you just observe them, there's so much more to them that like people just choose to not, to or not to see, right? And I think with Harry, if you like, if you really see who he is as a whole person, like, he's really far more, like, if he was just Gryffindor or Hubble, that'd be, like, a very boring person. But because he's a Slytherin, it just makes him so much more interesting. Right, right. I mean, I think he's a very, like, I feel like Harry Styles might be confused in why he's sword in Slytherin, and then maybe he meets Niall, and then he's like, oh, I get it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I mean, because I think he is, he's a very sweet Slytherin. He really is. Um, but, like, he's incredibly calculated. Totally. He is, like, I mean, I, like, think... Harry is someone who is, who is genuine, who's honest, who I think, like, I think you can make a case, honestly, for all four houses, really. Um, and I think that the Gryffindor, maybe not strong for Gryffindor, because maybe people are like, Harry Potter, Harry Styles, that means he's a Gryffindor. That's, like, you know, not good evidence. But I feel like when you look at Harry from the beginning of One Direction, and we'll get into this, I think, when, in later episodes, but he knows exactly what he's doing you know I think Harry's someone that like has gotten you know gotten so far with this band by putting himself like I mean Harry has always been nice right like that was the thing is Harry was the one who'd shake everyone's hand in interviews he would make sure to like remember things about interviewers people you know like he knew exactly how to work um the media Really. And I think when you look at, like, the ways that Harry, like, inserted himself into, like, the pop culture scene in the UK, Harry knew exactly how to, like, capitalize on stardom, right? Um, And therefore, like, make the band, I feel like, bigger. Um, So, like, I mean, which I know isn't just a Slytherin thing. It can be a lot of things. But it seems to me like Harry has made good, solid moves. And even when you think about the way he's done his solo career, um, he thinks a lot before he makes decisions. Absolutely. Which doesn't, which, you know, like, I think that they're, like, I think that Zane does too. I think that, like, a lot of people do. But I feel like Harry's making decisions, like, he makes a calculus. Like, okay, like, what do I get from this? 
You know, yeah, I, what will this move do? I think for me, where I think of Harry as Slytherin the most is the people he surrounds himself with. Um, hmm. And, you know, you think about how the other four, um, we, we, like, we know, like, their friends from childhood have remained part of, like, their their social sphere these last 10 years. And like, we occasionally see them on Instagram or on Twitter on somehow we still see like all of their friends being a part of this still. But the fact that like Harry Styles, I mean, was so easily able to just be friends with the most like important, powerful people on this planet is great. Like he went on vacations with Richard Branson of all people, right? Like that's right. that to, like if you if you're looking and like even if you're basing it solely on like J.K. Rowling's writing of, of Slytherins, it's like he's a well-connected bro, right? Like he, in, if you think of like um, not like with the pure blood business, but you think of like who's who in the entertainment industry, who's who in the world of like the rich and famous, like Harry Styles knew to get in touch with those people, and he somehow had what it, he he somehow had what it was to be allowed to be in those in those spaces, right? Like how is it that like the coolest British people of like the tw- of 20 of the 2010s, like in who were so, who seemed so exclusive, like Alexa Chung, Nick Grimshaw, um, all of those people were like, yeah, Harry Styles is going to hang out with us. He's super cool. Like what? It just seems to me like, uh, like if he was a Hufflepuff, it would just be a different story. Right. Um, Gryffindor, right. a different story. Yeah. Ravenclaw, a different story. Um, but Slytherin, it just um, makes sense. I love how serious my tone is. <laughs> I really should have gone to be a newscaster. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like, yes, and what you're saying too, I feel like tangentially, I feel like the way that we've talked about Zane working um, smarter rather than harder, I feel like that's some of what Harry's doing, but he works so hard for mm-hmm. that stuff too, right? Like, I feel like, in a way that, like, Zane makes it look effortless. Yeah. And Harry does at some point make it look effortless. But I feel like Harry is thinking about those moves so much. And I feel like he gets away. This is, I think, like, part of what my frustration with him last week was with his, like, with the way he interacted with One Direction is, like, Harry literally set, like, world records for his for his One Direction tweets for, like, fastest number of likes. Like, that bare minimum got him so mm-hmm. much. And he knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he knows that he will get all the praise for doing the bare minimum. Um, which, I mean, that's a thing. But I feel like some of those moves, that is, like, just great Slytherin energy, thinking, like, this is, like, what will, you know, this is how I'm going to make my career. Absolutely. And it's, it's genius. It's genius. Um, it's a different kind of level of Nile, but, like, you know. Yep. Absolutely. It's almost as if there's a bit of magic there, Em. <laughs> oh, of course. There's so much magic. <laughs> nice transition. I mean, nice obviously, transition. I think we have so much to say. Um, and it seems like a weird place to finish because we're so riled up about it. And I think um, we yeah. have plans to go to like go much deeper into um uh, each of their solo careers to kind of expand on what we're thinking. And we also are going to be talking about like their relationships with each other to kind of like kind of parse out a bit more of this conversation. But alas, that is where we will, we feel good pause ending this conversation. Yes. But so as we concluded with Harry Styles, he works effortlessly, but he almost makes it look like it's magic. And speaking of magic, let's talk about the title of this week's episode. Written for their 2012 sophomore album, Take Me Home, Magic was a bonus track on the deluxe edition of the album, 
written by Savan Kukchepcha, Carl Falk, and Ramya Khan. Like most of the songs on Take Me Home, this was just this was just the cutest melody. This song was just a reminder that though One Direction had to go through the awkward growing phases, they really were blessed with great songwriters and producers in their early years who honestly just wrote incredible songs for their voices, which, as cheesy as they were, made One Direction that much better. I'll say that I really love some of their early harmonies on this song, cheesiness aside, just such a cute, fun, deluxe track, you know? Absolutely. And also, mwah, to Louis Tomlinson singing lead in this song, too. All right, join us next week, speaking of Louis Tomlinson, for Save You Tonight, where we'll be talking about Louis Tomlinson. And the hostile ship he has with parts of his fan base. A massive thank you for listening. All the love.